0: Specialty Stories, Session Number 72. Whether you're a pre med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you will want to practice. This podcast is here to tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information you need to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. Now, welcome to Specialty Stories. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. If this is your first time joining me today, thank you for being here. If this is not your first time, thank you for coming back. I would encourage you and I would like you to go tell a friend about this, a classmate, a roommate, whoever it may be, go let them know about Specialty Stories. And then hopefully they know a physician who will want to be interviewed here on the podcast. I am always looking for more guests. So if you know anybody, family, friends, somebody you shadow, a mentor, send them my way. Ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. I have a great physician for you today. Somebody who has been out in practice now for a couple years after finishing her neonatology fellowship. Neonatology is a pediatric subspecialty. And Dr. Leslie Pineda is in a community or private practice setting in the Orlando area. And we start the discussion by talking about what got her interested in neonatology to begin with.
1: I knew pretty early. um, My mom uh, was a NICU nurse, or she still is a NICU nurse. Um, She's been doing it for over 30 years. Um, So I was exposed to the field at an early age. I would go visit her. At work, um, and it was back when the babies were still in a nursery, um, even the well babies, mm-hmm. because now babies room in with their moms. Um, and I would get to go see her and visit her, and then through the windows, I'd get to see the babies. Um, so I always kind of had that idea from when I was really young and growing up. Um, and then just through the years, I kind of always knew I at least wanted to do pediatrics. Um, and then I just—that's where you start off, and I—I I think I just kept falling back toward neonatology. I would branch off and think of different things, but always kept falling back to neonatology.
0: Why not uh, a NICU nurse like your mom?
1: Um, I think I wanted to, you know, kind of get to make the big decisions. You know, I mean, the bedside part is fun. I love interacting with the patients and talking with the patients. Um, But I knew that I kind of wanted to pursue it further um, and then get to lead the team and make the decisions as the team leader.
0: Yeah. What other specialties or subspecialties were pulling at you as you went through your training?
1: Um, So every time I would do a rotation, I'd step back and say, hey, well, this is kind of interesting, you know. So I guess that's why they make us do that as med students. Mm-hmm. Um, but like emergency, so just doing an emergency medicine residency always kind of appealed to me, I think, because I just like the procedures. Um, and then so I I kind of – I had a preceptor during med school who was an emergency medicine physician, Um, and I followed her around for two years and I really enjoyed it. I just more enjoyed the, the kids. So then as a resident, I also, um, looked into pediatric emergency medicine, which was also exciting because of the procedures and just the acuity. Um, but ultimately I, I realized I really enjoy working with the babies, the most. Um, and so I, I always ultimately got pulled back to neonatology, especially when I did NICU rotations.
0: Yeah. What is it, do you think, that, that led you to liking that interaction? Because obviously the, the kids are very sick. They can't talk to you. They wouldn't be able to talk to you if they were healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, a super stressful time for the parents. What What is it about that environment that you like?
1: Um, I like it because it's it's almost... You, you still get that long-term uh, relationship with them within the hospital stay because some of these babies can be there for months mm-hmm. and you really get to know the family and you you see the family every day and you take care of them at night and on the weekends all the time. So you you make that relationship with them so you still get sort of that long-term care but you also get that short-term acute um, management that you have to do at the beginning or when they get sick and the in the parts in between,
0: yeah, it's an interesting way to to look at it hmm What traits do you think lead to being a good neonatologist
1: uh wanting some excitement, so like the delivery room and wanting that adrenaline rush of um taking care of a potentially really sick baby um and I think. Also, liking the the interactions of the families because it's mostly the families and the parents because you're not talking to the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, although, admittedly, we all probably do talk to the babies oh, yeah. while we're <laughs> examining them. Um, but I think it's it's really um, enjoying or at least being able to tolerate basically all your react- all your interactions being with family members and parents, um, considering the babies can't speak to you or talk to you or tell them what's tell you what's wrong
0: yeah what what are some of the reasons why a newborn would have to be in a NICU what sort of diseases or pathologies are you seeing and treating
1: so um obviously the premature babies uh we go we were set to take down to 22 weeks now in in recent years um in the past couple years actually so it's very new So all the premature babies, um, especially up to um, less than 35 weeks, they'll automatically come to the NICU. But then full-term babies will come to us as well if they're having some trouble transitioning from intrauterine to extrauterine life, especially respiratory. Um, You can have some retained fetal lung fluid. Um, You'll have some hypoglycemic full-term babies as well um, if they're infants of a diabetic mother. Um you can have meconium aspiration so if the baby had a little stress in utero right before the delivery um uh, they can aspirate uh some meconium or they can just have a very um very stressful delivery as well especially if it's a large baby they can get stuck cuz they're so big um so they can be in distress and so they would have to um be watched in the NICU and taken care of in the NICU so A lot of different pathologies, not just the premature babies that everybody thinks of.
0: Yeah. Now, you're in a a community setting. When you came out of your training, the decision algorithms, academic versus community or private practice, why Mm -hmm. why did you choose to go the route of, of the community hospital versus an academic hospital?
1: So a lot of the pull was for location for me. I grew up in Orlando, so I always knew I wanted to come back. Um, And most of the or probably all of the availability is in a private practice setting. Um, Why I chose where I am right now is that there is a lot of emphasis on the educational side and participating in research studies as well. So I still get some of that in my current position.
0: Now, neonatology is, I'm assuming, 100% inpatient in a hospital all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also outpatient follow-up in, in certain um, groups as well. Okay. Um, but for me, I do all inpatient, yes.
0: Okay. Describe a typical day.
1: So, well, every day is a little bit different because we cover multiple hospitals with differing levels we have some level twos outlying and then uh, we have the main hospital which is a level three Um, so I can describe that a day in the main hospital um, where you come in in the morning you take sign out from the outgoing person from overnight on what happened to the babies that you'll be following Um, and then we huddle with the nurses and the Respiratory therapists and the delivery team and all the neonatologists on for the day, the charge nurses, the pharmacists, everybody who could be involved, the research nurses, um, we all huddle um, first thing in the morning, just so that we all know where patients are going, if patients are going home, if we expect any deliveries, um, if anybody's going to surgery, um, any moves that we have to make moving patients to another room if they're less acute than they were. So that's where we all plan as a team with everybody involved. Um, And then we pre-round, you know, you kind of review all the numbers from your patients. And then we round as a multidisciplinary team um, around 9.30 or 10. And then we round and go to each patient's room and family, talk to each family, talk about the plan, talk about the numbers as a big team. Um, And then after lunch, you kind of just carry out all those plans that you said you would do and then touch base again with the families. Um, And then you, that usually takes up the whole rest of your day and then some, (laughs) and then you sign out to the, person that's going to be covering overnight.
0: Now, you mentioned earlier about liking procedures. How procedure-heavy is being a neonatologist?
1: Uh, very much so. Um, so you're putting uh, endotracheal tubes in, in the delivery room, in the NICU. You're putting umbilical lines in, either acutely or Later on, a couple of days in, if you need it for sugars and such, um, you're doing chest tubes, you're doing needle decompressions. So it's very procedure heavy.
0: Do you have to take a lot of call?
1: Um, I take about three night calls a month. Um, but when we're on service, you take a few more. So it kind of depends. But average is out to about three night calls a month.
0: Okay. Is that dependent on just the size of the the group that you're with?
1: Yes. Because mm-hmm. you split it amongst uh, the people you're with. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you feel like you have enough time for life outside of the hospital?
1: I think so. Um, uh, you know, when you're not on overnight, you can come home and spend time with your family. But then sometimes you do do a 24 hour call. So you kind of lose two days there because you do your call and then your post-call and you're just kind of tired and trying to recover from that. Um, so it, it just depends on what your schedule is like for the that week or that particular month.
0: Yeah. What does the training path look like to, to get to become a, a full-fledged neonatologist?
1: Uh, so after pre-med, you do your 4 years of med school and then you do 3 years pediatrics residency um and then you do 3 more years of neonatology fellowship um and then you take your boards after that
0: are are there any opportunities to further subspecialize once you're you're done with your neonatology fellowship
1: not at the moment
0: no you see an opportunity in the future? Is there something that's coming?
1: I think some people are looking into doing kind of a neuro neonatal, like specializing in the neuro side of things. But mm-hmm. I think the, um, that's just in talks. I'm not yeah. sure though. Okay.
0: How competitive is it to match into fellowship?
1: Um, I think it's pretty average when you look at all the pediatric fellowships, maybe. Uh, I don't think it's particularly more competitive or less competitive.
0: What should a student be doing to, to be considered a competitive applicant?
1: Uh, just showing some interest in neonatology research or some research, just like any other fellowship, because um, fellowship is um, geared toward doing some research as part of um, the training program.
0: For the osteopathic student who's listening to this and interested in neonatology, do you see any sort of negative bias towards DOs in the field?
1: I don't think so. I had um, co-fellows who were DOs, um, a couple of them actually, Um, and I've worked with um, physicians with DOs um, even in my private practice, and they've been excellent.
0: For the future primary care doctor, future pediatrician listening to this and wants to understand a little bit more about neonatology, what do you wish they knew about what you do day in and day out to help your patients?
1: Um, that we're not trying to avoid taking the patients because sometimes we we work hard to try to keep them um, on the regular nursery service. Um, but. It's mostly so that they can they don't get taken away from their moms and they get to stay with their moms and bond. Um but we're definitely here and ready in case we need to take care of the baby and and hopefully be able to send the baby back to the mom if they're a full-term baby who just needed time to transition.
0: Is there a a common thing that the pediatricians are trying to um transfer over to the NICU where you're like no it's not necessary?
1: No, I mean, the pediatricians have been very reasonable and, um, they do all the appropriate things before calling us and transferring. Um, so they've actually been very excellent. Um, so I, I don't really see any big issues. A lot of the times it's very appropriate transfers like low blood sugars or, or, um, some fast breathing, um, which we like, we we don't mind consulting on, so that we can decide together whether or not they can stay a little bit longer with the mom before we take them over, um, or if we just need to take the baby over to the NICU and keep them.
0: Yeah. What's other specialties do you work the closest with?
1: Oh, we work with everybody. <laughs> we work with the neurologists. Um, especially with brain bleeds for the premature infants or um, neurologic developmental statuses for the babies who had a um, stressful delivery. Uh, we work with the infectious disease doctors, um, when, especially when the babies acquire an infection. We work with the cardiologists a lot, um, especially with the PDAs, the patent ductus arteriosus, um or pulmonary hypertension and various other things also the congenital heart defects um we work with the pulmonologists especially when the babies the the old premature babies develop chronic lung disease and we need multidisciplinary team to take care of those babies um we work with our gastroenterologists um with the babies who Develop necrotizing enterocolitis and need surgery and have short gut. So then we need their help with nutrition. Um, so really, we work with everybody. Everybody.
0: Yeah, that's that's fun. Because uh, we're
1: like a primary care physician for uh, the the preemie. You know.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good way of thinking about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are there any special opportunities outside of clinical medicine for neonatologists?
1: The research route. Um, 'cause it's the neonatology is such a fast changing field, I mean we just started resuscitating twenty two weekers and we're just doing all these new things to improve outcomes so uh research is is very, very hot in neonatology right now
0: yeah i've seen the the like artificial womb where they were. Uh, mm-hmm. growing the lamb or the goat or whatever it was do you think we're gonna get there at some point for like 10 week old preemies
1: I, I i don't doubt it we always say that we always joke about it in our group but i don't doubt it
0: <laughs> what do you know now that you wish you knew before going into neonatology
1: I guess the hours can be a little bit stressful, especially if you still have to take overnight in-house call or you have to do a 24 hour call. Um, it's hard because you really like what you do. Um, and I, I enjoy everything I do and I enjoy neonatology. I enjoy my patients. I enjoy the people I work with. Um, it's just, it can be very taxing to have to stay overnight or to do a 24-hour call
0: what do you like the most about being a neonatologist
1: uh i i really really like working with the babies the babies and the families it, it's it's uh very rewarding to at least have a cute patient <laughs> sitting in front of you and then when they come back and see you when they're 2 or 3 and they're looking good. It's just very, very rewarding to see that, especially when they were a 22, 23 weaker who mm. um, was really fighting the odds. It's pretty amazing what we can do these days.
0: Yeah. And you did say a acute patient, not an acute patient.
1: A cute one. <laughs> <laughs> a cute one. Yes. A cute one. Yes. An acute, cute one. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, what do you like the least?
1: Well,. As much as I like to have relationships with the families, sometimes you know they're in a very stressful situation um, and it's it's hard for them to understand some of the things that are happening and they can get stressed out. so that can just be stressful just in general for even the team as well because mm-hmm. um, you want to do what's best for the baby, but sometimes they're just so premature that it's it's hard. You know, they're really fighting against the odds, so it's you can see the toll it takes on the parents, and so it's just hard to see that.
0: I would venture to guess that, as a neonatologist, that's probably one of the most stressful environments of being a physician interacting with patients. Mm-hmm. What have you learned, or how have you learned to handle those relationships?
1: Well, so we have been really working hard in our group to involve the families in the decision-making and in the rounds. Um, And so they're very, we try to get them very involved and the parents do get involved. And I think that helps with communication. It helps with the stress level because they're really part of the team. It's not us telling them what we're going to do, but it's all of us talking and making a decision and them hearing the plan with us as a whole team in the
0: room. Yeah. Do you see any major changes coming to the field that uh, a medical student or resident who may be interested in neonatology should know about?
1: Uh, Well, it's just, we're resuscitating at younger and younger ages. Um, And, you know, the younger and younger we go, the the better we actually get at the older, the, a little bit older gestational ages. So, Mm -hmm. It's just, just always changing. And then all the, all the technology that we have is always changing. Like our ventilatory strategies are changing all the time. Um, and then what medications we're starting to study in neonates. So everything is always changing. Um, so it's pretty exciting. But it's always, you're always having to learn because it's always changing.
0: If you had to do it all over again, would you be a neonatologist?
1: Oh, yeah. I really enjoy what I do. I really do.
0: Any last words of wisdom for the the medical student, the pre-med or the, the resident thinking about neonatology?
1: Uh, I think if you're really interested in it, you could do rotations in it as a med student, as an elective, just to really see what you're getting into. because. Um, The lifestyle can be a little bit hard, but it's really rewarding to work with these patients and their families. Um, And you'll really see that if you do a rotation or shadow a physician firsthand and see what's going on and what kind of babies we're taking care of and how little these babies are and how sick they are. Um, Because there's a lot of um, emotional distress that can happen too because you really get attached to your patients and your families. And if the baby's not doing well, you you feel for them too. So it's just things like that that you don't really understand until you rotate through or go through the NICU um, to see all that happens there.
0: All right, there you have it. Again, that was Dr. Leslie Pineda a neonatologist down in Orlando. If you have a suggestion for a physician you want to be interviewed here on the podcast, I would love to hear from you. Just shoot me an email, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Specialty Stories.